Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 32 of the Professional Insights Podcast. Uh, thanks very much for listening. I'm Brandon Curry. I'm Jeff Collins. Josh Bond. Trevor Lindy. And uh, we've had, since episode 25, which was ink or not to ink, we actually had a couple questions on oh, that. That's a hot topic. Well, that's a hot, a hot topic. topic. Everybody wants and to know, should I incorporate? We, we, we reached out. We reached out. Uh, we wanted to get an accountant's position, so we reached out to a partner at uh, Dural Jones Barkwell & Company, DJB, here locally, uh, David Tutenberg. Thanks very much for joining us today. Ooh. Thanks, Toots. Thanks for having me. Uh Big enough to know, small enough to care is their tagline. That's right. I love it. I love it. Uh, we, say, we say it like that when we say it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how do you like your Brand Boulevard gift pack, which is sponsored by Brand Boulevard, which is crazy. Our, we have a sponsor on our podcast. These guys are great. Brand Boulevard is uh, is awesome. Been in the business a long time now, so I can't wait to use the swag. Yeah. Rich, Sank, thank you. Yeah. Uh, how, how, do, how do we get the swag? Yeah. Uh, we got to be really, a guest. Yeah, I guess got to be a guest <laughs> on the podcast. I'll That's be guest on thirty-five. Yeah. Uh, so, so Toots, uh, we, nickname is Toots. So Toots, we, we just uh, wanted to kind of touch, get the accountant's perspective because we got the the legal perspective, which obviously, go ahead, uh, Josh. What, what's no? The, I mean, uh, the summation of it is, is from a liability perspective. Anytime you're engaged uh, corporately uh, or professionally. Uh, makes sense from a legal perspective to incorporate because it creates a, a second layer that could shield you from any liability that may flow otherwise directly to you personally. I'm pretty sure he used the tagline, just do it. Right, pretty much it was yeah. just do it. So yeah, yeah. piggyback Nike well, but there. A, but a realtor can't do it. No, well, that's provincial. That's provincial legislation. Uh, so, Dave, mm. what what touch on it from an accountant. Yeah. I know it's a case by case basis. For sure. But Absolutely case by case basis. Uh, we do get this question quite often. Uh, you know, there's there's sort of three main things we look at. One of them being the liability piece. We typically refer over to a lawyer for a discussion on that. Um, a lot of things we get into are tax planning. Uh, and then there's other sort of just general business factors. You know, the perception of the business, if it's incorporated, if it's not. There's uh, financial reporting, compliance filing, the costs involved with setting up, and then the costs of maintaining that business. So kind of a whole whole list of things to think about. The biggest one that comes into play is that that tax planning, that def tax deferral opportunity. So can you, t okay, so the first thing is cost because everyone knows they have to pay uh, to get their their, you know, taxes done personally pay to, every year. Pay to play, right? But you also have to now pay because that corporation is essentially another person. Yep. They have to file taxes. Well, yeah. Have, first of all, you have to pay to do the in-corp. Yep. Right? So you have to set up your corporate entity. Uh, do you want to touch on costs for ballpark well, costs? Well, yeah, I mean, it again, the cost would vary. Uh, incorporation costs, that's something the, the lawyer will, will jump in. And Josh, I don't know if you want to... Yeah, comment, well, it really but, all depends. Know, and we, we, touched, we, we touched a bit about it. I mean, if it's a sim simple uh, single class of shares, you know, you're looking somewhere with disbursements in around the, uh, you know, Eighteen, two thousand dollar mark. Right. If you've got seven classes of shares and more complicated, you know, different preferences here and there, different rights, uh, then obviously it'll it'll increase from there. But probably a good a good starting point just to touch on the overview, the, the concept of what a what a sole proprietorship or a partnership is, and compared to a corporation. And like you touched on, the corporation it's a completely different entity, um, so it does have its own tax filing. Uh, it's sort of a a person uh, in one way in the eyes of the tax uh, taxes. Um, either a sole proprietorship, 
or a company can have can be registered for payroll HST it can operate using a trade name and really to the public you can set it up in such a way that they don't know whether you're incorporated or not to, to a large degree um, because of the way you can name it, right? Yeah, so you can have a name and a corporation can be set up as a, as a numbered company and register a trade name and operate under that name just like a sole proprietorship can. And they can both be registered for HST. They can have employees. So in, in, from a practical point of view, they can operate virtually the same way. Um, you know, one of the main differences, a proprietorship or a partnership, they'll file on a, on a calendar basis. Uh, a company, a corporation can select its year end. So there's a little flexibility in the timing there. Um, and then the other big one is the way it's taxed. The proprietorship's taxed directly on that individual's tax return. And then the corporation is taxed separately. Any money that the shareholders draw out, that's taxed personally in their hands. So it gives you that extra layer. You can play around with the timing of when taxes come in. Uh, and you're dealing with different tax rates uh, in the corporate world versus versus personal. Can can you talk about that? The difference. Everyone that's loves the biggest tax advantage. Tax right? that's, that's what I love. Of course, yeah. money in pocket. Yeah. That's money what I want to yeah. talk about. But what if we just use a simple example? Right? Yeah, absolutely. Because it could, could get very complicated. If a, if a corporate entity earns a hundred thousand dollars in a year, yep. Say for instance, yep. I mean, its tax rate is I think its current rate is what maybe fifteen percent, thirteen and a half. Yeah, so in, in the corporate world, assuming, you know, we're talking active income, so we're not talking rental income, uh, we're not talking investment income, dividend income, we're talking about a business. So simple scenario, the uh, income up to 500000 uh, it's 13.5% in Ontario. It's going down to 12.5% 2019. If you look at personal tax rates, they start at about 20%, go all the way to 53%. So in every case, the corporate rate, is lower than the personal rate. So the cost incorporates peanuts compared to what you're saving almost in the first year alone. Yeah, the thing is you can't look at it as a strictly a savings. Mm -hmm. It's all timing. So I call it tax deferral because you're not you're not saving tax forever. You're you're sort of choosing the timing of when you pay it personally. And the system's set up where the total tax that the company pays and the person pays is the same as if you were just a proprietorship. You're not you're not making any money on the tax system, but you're definitely playing with the timing of the tax. And a good example of where that can come into play and really help a business is when you need to reinvest. Um, if you need to reinvest in your business, say heavy equipment, uh, maybe you just have a lot of inventory to finance, and you're dealing with that tax burden personally, you might have to give 30, 40% of your profit to the government as a proprietorship. Incorporated, government's getting 12 and a half, 13% of your money, leaving you a lot more cash flow to cover that cost. So if you're a builder like myself, cash yeah. flow is king. Cash flow is king. And, and then the other variable that's important is how much money does the, does the, the owner, the shareholders, the proprietor need for their lifestyle? Um, so sort of disregarding the liability component, incorporation makes a lot of sense if the business is generating more money than the owners need on an annual basis. If they're going to draw all the cash out anyway, there's no tax being deferred. Right. So so that I understand it and, and our listeners understand it as well. So if you're making, uh, draw, you've got an incorporated entity and you're making $200,000 and you only have to draw out $100,000 to, to survive, so to speak, yeah. then you have the ability to sort of park that additional $100,000 on... Uh, a reduced income or a cor corporate tax rate, and then 
you will be taxed on it at some point in time in the future, but if your income is or your needs at that point in time are substantially lower, then you're going to you will experience a little bit of a less tax hit. It, it certainly gives the uh, opportunity to control the personal tax rates yes. and keep them level. Where if, if it's a proprietorship and your business income fluctuates heavily, uh, one year you could be paying 40, 40, 45% tax rate, then the next year your income drops, business is slow. You can't smooth that income out over, over two years, where with a corporation you, you have that opportunity. Can we also t touch on, we hear this a lot, um, the, you know, when, when I'm out or, you know, I take a client out for dinner or whatever, they're like, you know, people are like, oh, that's a write-off, right, Curry? You're going to write that off. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and they, they have this this mythical misunderstanding that it's, it's just this pocket. That old Seinfeld episode. <laughs> yeah, right? Se yeah, yeah, thank you. Seinfeld yeah. episode. I've used that in a presentation before. Like, so. it's just kind of like, yeah, it's just a write-off. It's like, well, no, you donkey. I got to make money in order to, to get the deduction. And, and not necessarily is that deduction 100% no. off of the income. You want to just touch on that just a wee yeah, bit? Yeah, if we're talking corporate world, because we don't, it's easy math. Yeah, corporates don't get refunds. Well, the losses can can carry forward, yeah. you know. But but looking at the corporate world with a tax rate of thirteen and a half percent, if you spend a hundred dollars uh, on on a valid business expense, a write off, the the government will reduce the taxes you owe by thirteen dollars and fifty cents. So you spend a hundred to save thirteen. You still should really need whatever you're spending that That's hundred dollars right. on. You don't just throw money around to save. You don't throw a hundred bucks to save thirteen. You keep the hundred and pay the thirteen. That's, that's right. right. So that's that's we laugh at that all the time. People are scrounging for write-offs, but <laughs> timing is important. If you were otherwise going to buy something and the year end is coming up, you may incur that expense just before the end of the year, just to help with the income for that year. So right. Buy the, again, bill, you're buy the billboards before the end of the year. You're, right. Again, yeah. you, you know, you're, the income, you're right? playing with timing. Eventually, you know, then the next year you have a higher income because you, you know, you used, you yeah. used up, you know, so it's all timing. Buy more billboards. Buy more billboards, <laughs> yeah, just keep spending. Um, <laughs> take well, yeah, that right <laughs> Whatever, it's, it's all right. We get save, back to the right Save your $13. Let's <laughs> say take that limo to the awards. Yeah. Hey, hey, yeah, good stuff. When we talk about deferral, you know, the other thing is, as a proprietor, there are opportunities for deferral. And RSP is one of these things that's been around for a long, long time. And RDSPs, uh, I mean, which we just learned about. Yeah. So it's still an avenue where your, your proprietorship earns a lot of money. You don't necessarily need it. You can lean on your RSPs to bring your income back down. The one difference compared to a company is that money's not accessible if you need to reinvest in the business. It is, but you pay tax to bring right. it back in. So right. where the corporate world, it's more of a black and white deferral um, from that end. But so that it, corporate world, a corporation doesn't qualify for a tax-free savings account. No. A corporation it does doesn't. not call, no. qualify for RDSPs, RESPs, RRSPs. So the growth right. on those investments, if you were to take the money and invest well, it, you're going to be taxed. And heavily. I think that's what um, uh, Toots talked about right at the beginning. We're talking about active income, but then there's yep. also a portion because of Bill 138 of passive income. Right. So that $100,000 of, of profit that you just spent 13500 in taxes on, well, if that then grows, you want to touch on that. Yeah, any any investment income within the company is is faced with a much higher corporate rate. Uh, the initial rate's just over fifty percent, and and really when you look at that, the intent for for tax rates and comp and and the corporate structures not to sort of defer tax in perpetuity. They don't want people building investment portfolios within their companies. You can, but you're going to pay tax at basically a high rate. 
um, and it sort of takes away that deferral that that we just talked about as being a really big advantage of having a company. Right. So, but you may otherwise be in the highest rate in Ontario at 53% and might say, well, I made my money in my company. I'm leaving it there till I need to take it out and I'll pay the 50% when the time comes. Because if I took it out, I'd pay 53 anyway. So you're still marginally ahead, but that's a big difference from 13.5%. Right. Um, is there anything else that we're missing that uh, some key, maybe some key facts, some key takeaways that uh, key, maybe key points that you want to maybe talk about? Anything like, like realtors that? Realtors incorporating finally? <laughs> <laughs> well, a big thing would be, uh, you know, I mean, obviously contact uh, somebody like yourself, an accountant, because it's really on a case-by-case basis. Yeah, we, we definitely look at it on a case-by-case basis. The type of business that you're operating will, in a lot of times, lead you to a decision, uh, regardless of the of the amount of income you're earning. Um, so in what case would you say don't incorporate then if you're saying it's case by case? Yeah, like if you have your small, maybe like a retail store, uh, like a variety a store or business, something like that. Like, yeah, I mean, you get into the other realm. So uh, construction, um, builders, uh, anything involving, you know, more risk. Uh, I think about uh, like, like a limo company, you know, transportation company. There's a lot more things that can go wrong um, now the liability, and you can insure those things, but the liability piece is that much stronger with the corporate setup. Correct. And I mean, I guess from an accounting perspective, a lot of it base, is based on the numbers and how much revenue is generated through, yeah. you know, either yeah. personally or... That's right. I mean, a lot of people like this, like the simplicity of having separation. So they know, you know, this is my company's bank account. Uh, and it's very important that the individual that's operating the business doesn't commingle their funds. You know, the company's money is the company's, and yours are yours. And you know, you can't just move the money around. Well, you can, but that can cause a <laughs> few issues at the end of the year. Um, but we look just at, a bundle of yarn for you to unravel, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we definitely talk about the cost of main, maintaining a company. You know, on a simple corporate structure with financials and, and a tax return, you're looking at a couple grand a year. Um, you know, you got the lawyer's fees to set it up. But really, when you mix in the liability and the tax deferral, a couple grand a year is kind of a nice insurance policy on top of maybe the insurance you already have. Um, one of the other things that's nice and it's, it's longer term thinking is your ability to use your capital gains exemption. We're getting into maybe a little, little bit much here. That's but another podcast. And maybe that's right a there. whole other yeah, podcast. But, but is, if yeah. you have a business that's a saleable business, and you obviously you don't start a business thinking, I'll sell this, um, but it's something to think about. Should be an end game, really, right? Yeah, and it's definitely for a lot of people an end game. Um, um, but it, it, that normally only applies to uh, active business. Though, it right? does, not, not, yeah. not passive, right? The uh, yeah, and we capital gains exemption. And we typically wouldn't have much discussion on incorporating uh, a passive income no. company. The only, you know, I'd say, you know, uh, like example, a holding company, maybe. Yeah. Or you have, uh, a, you know, a, a number of rental properties. And again, that's the that's the liability piece yeah. that people are concerned about. So, I mean, we get into tax referral, uh, we get into people's lifestyle needs, uh, and, and then we kind of go from there. And there's nothing to say you can't operate your business as a proprietorship for two, three years, see how it goes, uh, and then transfer that business into a corporation when you're ready. So there's always the option at a, a later point over. in time to do it. We're not going to get into the mechanics of that. 85 rollovers. We're not talking about it today. <laughs> That's one of our next guests. Oh, really?
really? Okay. I said we'll, we'll be up a second. Well, uh, thanks very much there, uh, Dave. I really appreciate you coming in and taking the time to talk about uh, to incorporate or not to incorporate. You know, yes. the, the accountant side of things. <laughs> <laughs> We're scheduling uh, a fight, Josh and I, later. Hell no. <laughs> Fundraiser? <laughs> Maybe. Well, hey, there we go. <laughs> thanks very much again. We'll probably have you on again as well for that lifetime capital gains exemption. I mean, that is... And, fairly and when realtors are finally allowed to incorporate, we'll yeah. have a big celebration. Hey, we'll have a big party. Yeah. All the lawyers and accounts yeah. come out here to be some paid dumb. Um, <laughs> Well, thanks very much. And, yeah. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, in, enjoy. And everyone, thanks for listening. Uh, we're over 1,000 listens now. We even have a sponsor. Yeah. Uh, how can they listen and share and care? Nine platforms. We are on Stitcher, Anchor, iTunes, as Jeff likes to say, Apple TV. We're on Google, Spotify. Uh, if you are coming to us from iTunes, please go leave a review. Uh, give us a star rating, one to five. Uh, five. It helps. Five, prefer, yeah, preferably. If you're going to leave a one star, let us know why, how we can improve it. But uh, that definitely helps get the message out there. It gets more people able to, to find us. So, uh, yeah, appreciate all the listens, guys. Keep questions coming. Keep the interest. Thank you very much. Thanks. Take care. Out. Ciao. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jag and Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Produced by Cryer Media and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company.